Welcome to Whitestone Podcast from the Whitestone Forum. This podcast is for business and nonprofit leaders like you and me, specifically designed around building, polishing, and leveraging our competencies. Each episode will provide a lens through which ever-growing citizens of God's kingdom can think about very effectively impacting every one of their organizations. For Whitestone Podcast, I'm Kevin Miller. Come now, are you exercising fruit-bearing farsightedness when it comes to your investments? That is, when you look back at critical junctures in time with respect to stewarding the money you have handled, will you and God largely be very pleased or deeply disappointed? Well, there are many dimensions that become part of an equation for success, and frankly, many Christians disagree wildly regarding both methods and results, whether they're aware of those disagreements or not. So let's take a look. First, Christians should be able to agree on this proposition. The privilege of all Christians is to be a great steward of the resources entrusted to them over a lifetime. That should be a simple yes for everyone. But a multitude of disagreements often immediately follow, and several major categories of possible investment or expenditure that uniquely combine both the long sowing and reaping cycles and sacrificial sums of money seem to beg our attention above others. Those categories are our children and their education, our retirement and elder care, and our investments in the kingdom of God. And here's the poignant point. All Christians, poorest to richest, must live with the key tension. Are they investing wisely and investing the right amounts in these opportunities, especially when it comes to the kingdom of God? So here's a basic issue to start with. How much should Christians invest in their children? Having children has been a wonderful command of God from the very beginning for those who He calls into that blessing. Unfortunately, many children worldwide live in poverty, but experts tell us that parents in high-prosperity countries like America can and do spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on child-rearing over many years. Is that type of scale a necessary prudent investment? It's interesting that a couple of hundred years ago in America, families in largely agricultural swaths of the country often had many children. One key reason was that each child in a farm setting could easily be a net economic contributor. That is, their fruitful productivity in their family farm ecosystem of pig pens and cornfields far exceeded the cost of feeding and clothing the children. Nowadays, however, children in a modern American setting are almost always net economic takers, at least in a pure money sense. Of course, many would leap to defend the proposition that every child is worth a financial investment. Of course they are. We are all likely to agree. But just what is that proper level of financial investment? Well, that's kind of hard to judge. All of it's in the eye of the beholder, of course. The gut check for many is often in the cost of education that is piled on top of just general living costs. 
just what is the ROI, the overall return on investment, on each particular child's education? Just how is that return on investment measured? What form does the fruitful reaping take in the lives of those children and the others they ultimately touch? Do we as Christians often even think this way often enough? But overall, one thing is sure, God will ultimately judge both us and then our children as to the fruitfulness of parents' investment in their children, both monetary and non-monetary. A special note here about investment. Many parents can and do exercise prudence in their investing in their children, working to establish very strong spiritual, educational, and life foundations. But then the child may throw much or all of it away. Take heart. God still sees your faithfulness and will honor you for your heart and role. Beyond children you may have or hope to have, what does the farsightedness of your stewardship narrative look like? One major demographic change that has developed over the past several decades is the significantly increasing personal longevity of the average person. That has substantially increased the possibility of living out two or three dozen years between a person's able-bodied working years and death. Unfortunately, the medical costs and just plain living costs to support a long life can be very high during those years, especially when long-term wasting diseases like Alzheimer's or dementia can require constant attention by others. This longevity factor that has emerged means people naturally have turned to working to be a good steward of our loved ones and ourselves in covering those living costs. This is doubly concerning for older couples who feel like they're forgetting where their car keys are more than they used to. <laughs> Seriously, ever-increasing retirement costs and worrisome medical care issues that seem inevitable are a big companion issue to large expenditures on children. So just how much is enough to plan and provide for retirement and elder care in order to avoid burdening others with our needs? Then we get to kingdom investments, the only pure direct pipeline for far-sighted investment. That is, if we are wise and thoughtful in the right kingdom investment vehicles. Sadly, attempts at kingdom investments can be just like investing in real estate or stocks. People can make some prudent investments, but they can also easily make some pretty loony choices. Likewise, just because we may give to an enterprise saying it's Christian doesn't relieve us from ensuring that the mission of that enterprise is structured to yield positive, biblical, eternal consequences for the kingdom of God. When a Christian endeavor is fruitfully focused on the essentials, such as proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God, we can be sure that God's hand is in it. Not only that, God will ultimately reveal his unparalleled supernatural return on your kingdom investments when you yourself are rejoicing at the judgment seat of Christ, reaping the rewards of a life lived and resources given for Christ. That's right. God's judgment for us as believers cuts both ways. Some of our works astoundingly rewarded 
and other unwise works mercifully burned. That's promised in 1 Corinthians 3. Ha! Do you think that any return on your earthly investments can remotely compare to what God returns on your kingdom investments? That's why the Bible tells us to store up our treasures in heaven, investments that will last forever. Read the book of Acts. How about the 120 believers who spent their time and treasure being in the upper room and accordingly were participating at the very birth of the church? Suddenly, 3,000 new believers were added. Imagine the kingdom impact of those new believers. 120 begets 3,000. That's a prime example of God's ROI yielding into eternity itself. Wow, it's clearly worth being a co-investor with God's Holy Spirit. But wait, it's very instructive that exactly 120 believers had shown up in the upper room as directly instructed by Jesus. That's where the Holy Spirit empowered those believers. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that 500 people had previously seen the resurrected Christ. Out of those 500, only 120 showed up. So where were the missing 380? Well, sadly, out investing their time and treasure elsewhere. This is why the Bible not only says to store up our treasures in heaven, but also to not invest where moths and rust destroy. So here's the point about farsightedness and investments. Farsightedness is a sort of a right now paradox requiring a patient sowing in the now that is focused on reaping a robust long-term result. And storing up our treasures in heaven with God at the helm from the moment we release those treasures to him assures us of participating in the most farsighted of investments. A key principle here is tension. That is, our privilege is putting our maximally prudent resources in the purposes of heaven, which can indeed range from missions giving to key dimensions of our investment in our children, like the parents of Billy Graham raising him well. That's right. Our first two categories, children in retirement, can also be meaningful kingdom investments if properly positioned and executed. But the fact remains, storing up treasures in heaven can easily be in tension with both frivolous spending and thoughtless over-investing in our children and retirement. Here's a key. There can be a fine line between wise and fruitful investment in our retirement and hoarding far more funds than we can legitimately, honestly justify. Funny thing, I hear very few Christian investment experts foundationally warning of the downsides of hoarding too many resources where moths and rust can destroy, or warning believers about diverting resources away from our best investment, the gospel. Aren't Christians called to vigorously seek the spiritual welfare of about 8 billion or so of their neighbors? No guilt trip here, but just how spot on is your investment farsightedness? Faithfully work out the tension. 
Thank you for listening to Whitestone Podcast. Visit our website, whitestone.org, for more real-world equipping. There you'll find uncommon video teachings, application and action questions for this podcast episode, and more. Also, check out our unique downloadable resources for group meetups. That's whitestone.org. I'm Kevin Miller.